Hey, my friends. Today we are talking about a very difficult topic, sexual abuse, and not just abuse, but helping your child recover from sexual abuse. Honestly, I've been avoiding this subject for a little while because it's close to home and it's so difficult to think about a loved one and a child especially hurting from something like that. But this is so important that I knew I had to speak on this today. I'll be giving you some tip from the eyes of not just a counselor, but also a parent that's had to go through watching a child struggle from something like this. And not only that, but from a sexual abuse survivor myself. So from that lens of both a professional and a parent and a survivor, I have a unique perspective that I feel will help you. Even if your child has not experienced sexual abuse, this might be helpful for you if you are still recovering or for tips and pointers if or when this happens in the future. Unfortunately, childhood sexual abuse is more common than we want it to be. And the only way to make those statistics lower is through awareness so that we can prevent these things from happening more often. Let's jump into these important and very necessary tips today. I'll see you inside. Hey parents, welcome to Fulfillment Therapy. Do you want to raise your kids better and have a stronger marriage? Are you up late at night researching marriage and parenting tools and self-care tips? Do you start each day hoping for deeper connections and less chaos, but it ends with family arguments and going 12 different directions again? My name's Kendra, wife, mom, therapist, and growth enthusiast. It wasn't until I discovered how to fulfill my unmet needs that I was finally able to show up as my best self, as a spouse and parent. I realized that by meeting my needs, I could more fully meet the needs of my family with more energy and less resentment. In this podcast, I teach parents skills like boundary setting, prioritizing personal needs, communication, and claiming ownership. Just like my clients, you'll be shocked by the improvement in your marriage, parenting, and personal life when you focus on fulfilling your important unmet needs. Ready to prioritize yourself so you can quit mentally throat punching people? Then grab those earbuds and head outside and let's rock and talk. Hello, listeners. Like I said in the beginning, this is a difficult subject for me to talk about. And I can talk about a lot of things, but unfortunately, this is still a little tender. But I also feel like that is an important time to talk about it sometimes for my own processing, but also because I can give you those tips that are fresh in my mind right now to help others that might be struggling with the same thing. As always, I have to be very careful that I am protecting people that don't want their story shared. So in efforts to respect privacy, I'm going to just keep it general. Not that long ago, I became aware that a child had been sexually abused, and I feel like we handled it pretty well. And I want to interject here because I hear a lot of stories from clients 
on either how they handled it or how it was handled when they were children. And this is one of the most important parts that I want to speak to, so please listen carefully to what I'm about to say. When you find out that this has happened, it's very important that you don't avoid it and you talk to your child. It is so important that that child knows that it was not their fault. Even if you think that's obvious, I promise you, after meeting with so many victims, even people that are very logical and rational, there is this deep part of them that worries that it was their fault. Let them know again and again that it was not their fault. Also, validate their feelings and reassure them that their emotions are normal. And sometimes it's important, depending on the severity of the abuse, to let them know that sometimes your body responds in a certain way and that does not make you bad. That just means your body is normal, but it doesn't mean that you wanted those things to happen. Explore that. Please, please get additional information and insight. Listen to more podcast episodes, whatever you can do. Read a book, but do it quickly and don't avoid it because time is important. The sooner that you can talk about these things, the better. Now, in our case, I've really had open communication with my kids about sexual abuse. I've given them age-appropriate information about things that have happened to me. We've watched videos. We've had open discussions about how to keep ourselves safe, about what body parts to not touch and that are private, how they can come and talk to us. We've done all of these things before, and it still happens. I can actually count several other times where things almost happened, and thankfully they did not. But each one of those times, it didn't happen because we were doing sleepovers or something like that. We very rarely do sleepovers, only when we're out of town with trusted people because of what had happened to me. And we really try to know the families. We just try to be wise about all of those potential risks those handful of times where something could have happened and we found out about it, or these different scenarios, it happened when there were multiple adults around. It was very quick, and we never would have known if we hadn't been given more information. So don't be so naive to think that if you talk to your kids, if you have open communication, and you don't do sleepovers or things like that, that these things will not happen, because it's simply not true. When I was going to school, the statistics were about one in four women have experienced sexual abuse at one point in life, and one in seven men have experienced sexual abuse at some point. Now, that varies depending on where you look, so it's somewhere in that range. Some of them say that men have much less, but also there's a lot less reporting, so it's very difficult to know exactly how prevalent it is. But we know it often happens, and usually it's with a family member or even close family friends. Often it's not even with adults. It's with teenagers or younger kids that are the ones that are abusing because of something they have seen or had done to them as well. So it's this vicious cycle. And even though it's really unpleasant to talk about these things, it's so important to know and to talk about openly. So I said, make sure that they know that it's not their fault, but also Believe and validate them. If you've been abused, what I often see in my clients is they are very reactive because it's triggering to them. So instead of their child feeling believed and validated, they get this response that doesn't make sense. 
this anger or this shutdown or all these things that my client doesn't necessarily realize they are portraying because of what it has stirred in them that they haven't worked through. That is very normal. So if you respond that way, it's really important to go back and to do damage control. Like, this is about me. Something had happened to me too, and I'm still healing from it. That's why I want to help you so much. Whatever that might take, just if that's you, be aware of that message that you may be sending unintentionally. Please acknowledge their feelings of being hurt and especially feeling guilty. That guilt can be a heavy burden to carry around, and many people carry that for decades. I know I did. I thought that I was to blame. And that continued to affect my romantic relationships for a very long time. And honestly, I would say it still does, despite all of my counseling that I've done myself and despite my profession. I still have consequences when it comes to relationships and intimacy because of that. Make sure you say things to your child like, I'm so sorry about what happened. It's not your fault that it happened, and I'm here for you. What I said to my child is, I'm so sorry I wasn't able to protect you from that. I love you so much, and I understand part of what that feels like because something like that happened to me, and it was hard. And I wish that I could take away that pain from you. And I said those things. I also want to say, at first, they did not want to talk about it. It can feel very shameful, even if you felt like you've done a good job at creating this environment without that shame. Anything like this is very embarrassing and humiliating and horrifying, and they don't want to relive it. You have to be very careful about how you address this, but in a gentle, soft way from maybe different angles. And what eventually helped this child open up was me sharing my own experiences and reminding them of that pain and how that hurt me. And then because of that, they were willing to talk to only me, but they weren't willing to talk to other people because they felt that I understood. So in that way, I am grateful that I did have somewhat of an understanding. I just cuddled them and I rocked them and I said, I'm so sorry. It's so hard to talk about. It's terrible when your child experiences something like that and you can't save them. You can't protect them even though you want to so badly. It's important to not give up if they're not ready to talk. I revisited that several times, and I still do, but I try to do so respectfully because they still really don't want to talk about it. So that first time, I did try to get some information, but after that, I tried to back off of that and just remind them, just do a little check-in, like, how are you doing? Well, I first started out by saying, remember how I told you some things happened to me when I was younger, some inappropriate things that were hard for me, and I was abused? Remember me telling you about that? Yeah, I remember. Remember how that happened to you as well? Something kind of like that, when there was some inappropriate touching? Yeah, I remember. How are you doing with that? And they just said, Mom, how do I stop thinking about those things? How do I get that out of my head? And that was really hard to hear, but also reaffirmed that just because they're not talking about it doesn't mean they're not carrying that weight and that burden. 
One thing that I noticed now looking back is there was more behavioral issues than usual. More fighting with siblings, more angry outbursts, more irritation and impatience. So if that's been happening to a child of yours, there might have been something that's happened and chances are pretty high that they're not going to want to talk to you about it, that they're going to think they're to blame. So family settings, it's important to say those things over and over. So just normalize that these things happen where people touch parts of your body and it's not appropriate. And this is what we do if that happens. Or these are some things that you can do if you're put in that situation. And if that does end up happening, most people feel pretty guilty. Most people think it's their fault. Most people don't want to talk about it or share or tell because they think that they're to blame. And that is not true. And you tell your kids these things over and over so they remember if that ever does happen to them. And then I often do one-on-one check-ins with my kids every so often. Has anything inappropriate ever happened to you? And even after this one child, this thing happened, I asked my kids again, my other kids, and one of them told me a new thing that had happened on the bus. It wasn't sexual abuse, but it was verbal abuse that was very lewd and inappropriate that I didn't know about. We have pretty good communication in our family. If that's even happening in a family with two counselors as parents, it can happen to anyone. I encouraged my child to see a counselor, and I tried to say there's lots of different types. There's art therapy, there's play therapy, and explained what those meant, and really tried to help it seem normal and not so daunting, and they are not ready, unfortunately. So I am doing the best that I can with those check-ins and those reminders and those little training moments until they are ready. Other things that you can do is create a safe environment. I asked my child, what would help you feel more safe and comfortable moving forward so that you can heal from this, but also so you don't have to be put in that situation again? And this child gave me some great pointers. They suggested places that were off limits. This child told me that they do not want to see this person again, and that is okay. There should not be any shame around that. I let them know that they will never be forced to see this person. I was not given that opportunity, and I wish I had been given that choice. Some sense of control after feeling so out of control. And I was regularly exposed to this individual, and it was very challenging for me. So let them know that they don't have to. And sometimes you have to get law enforcement involved. You have to let your child know that they are your priority and your loyalty lies with them and not a family member or a friend that you want to protect when they did something that's inappropriate and there are consequences to that. Listeners, I know that is not easy because most adults do not like confrontation. And yet, if you do not protect your child and respect them and show them your loyalty, they will remember that. Please, do what needs to be done. Be prayerful about it. Get educated about it. And I'm not saying you have to immediately run to the police necessarily. But have an intentional conversation with the right people and explore what you need to do. And don't just shut down because it's uncomfortable. 
Don't hide this away in the closet or assume that because your child is young that they won't remember because that is not true. I can't tell you how many clients I've seen that were quite young that because this wasn't addressed, they had major mental and psychological problems later in life because those things were shut down and ignored. All right, if this has happened to your child, moving forward, create that safe, supportive environment where they can always come to you. Make sure, like I said, you're doing occasional check-ins, not so heavy that they are feeling anxious about you coming in the room or ever talking to them, but that gentle communication. And it's important to establish a stable routine and remind them of things that you're doing to create that safety and that security. And again, those regular check-ins, what else can I do to help you feel safe? That open communication is really important. Let your child express their feelings at their own pace and use age-appropriate language. I know at first my kids were really embarrassed about talking about this stuff. And I don't know if it was on YouTube or somewhere else, but we found this like funny little song about like, stop, don't touch me there. These are my no-no squares or something. And they joked about it and it made it more of a silly, but also very obvious line in the sand, that boundary of what is acceptable and what is not. And they still talk about that. So they very much know what areas are off limits on their body. Another thing that is important is to empower your child by involving them in making decisions. They need to regain that sense of control. They need to have some power and some autonomy. So give them more choices moving forward. Tell them that it's important for you as a parent to make sure that your child has choices. And if they don't feel like they have enough choices, that they can come to you and talk about that. And it's also important to re-educate your child about safe and unsafe touches. There's so many books online now. Check out Amazon, different places, for books on appropriate and inappropriate touching, as well as healing from abuse, or how to protect yourself from those things. The more that we talk about these things and then also normalize the process once it does happen, like, okay, this is now what we do. This is how we take care of ourselves. This is how we heal can really help them get through those difficult experiences. Sometimes these things are so big that it's important to reach out to other resources and support networks or support groups for survivors of abuse. Just be careful that it's the right one because sometimes traumatized children, if you get them together with other traumatized children, sometimes they're building bonds with people that can be really unhealthy. So just be aware of that. In general, it's quite good, but you just want to get the feel, the vibe of the group. Another thing to think about is self-care for caregivers. If this is really triggering and challenging to you, you might also need support. So not only your child, but you. Like, I have even felt guilt and remorse for not protecting my child, for not recognizing those signs early enough and helping them heal when they needed it most. I have some guilt and shame that even though my husband and I are counselors, our child doesn't want to see a counselor, and I have to go at this slower pace, and they might struggle from the effects of this for the rest of their life to some degree or another, and that haunts me. And yet, I'm human. 
And this is part of our earthly experience, is going through hard things and learning to navigate it. I wish these things had never happened to me personally as a child, and then also as a parent watching a child struggle. And yet these things help me be more empathetic and understanding and help others. My friends, if you have experienced this before, I encourage you once again to not shut the door and bury it and ignore it, but lovingly and tenderly address it and apologize for any mistakes that you feel like you've made. Their hearts will open and they will likely forgive you. Even if this has happened years ago, it is time to face these things. Do not assume that they are over it or they never think about it. Maybe they're going to say very little, but it's important to say something. Because chances are they need some time to believe that it's safe enough to talk about something that feels heavy and shameful, where they feel a lot of guilt, where they feel like maybe it's their fault. Even though they know on shows and on movies and all these things that it's not their fault, well, it feels different when it happens to you. I hope these tips were helpful. I hope that if you've ever experienced this, that you will find healing yourself. There's not many things more difficult than this. And again, if you haven't experienced this, it's important to know these things because statistically, someone you love will experience this. And maybe you can share these tips and this advice with them when they come face to face with it. If you need any more support or guidance or direction, please email me at fulfillment.therapist at gmail.com or reach out with any of the information in the show notes. And I will help you in whatever way I can. And if you know anyone that's struggling and doesn't listen to this podcast and you feel like these would be helpful tips for them, please share this. Remember that positive ripples only happen when we act. And it's important for people to remember these things so that there can be healing and that we can minimize the occurrence of sexual abuse in our culture because it is way too high. And that is all I have for today, friends. Again, look in the show notes for all the things, including our Costa Rican retreat. That is our only thing coming up in the near future. There is also one-on-one coaching that you can schedule with me. It does not replace therapy, but it is more of an accelerated coaching approach with resources and tools and accountability to help you, to really help you hone in on those things that you want to focus on, namely personal growth, parenting, and or marriage. And those rates are comparable to current mental health rates for counseling as well. I hope you have an amazing week, my friends. I will see you back here soon with more tips on how to improve your life and increase your fulfillment, whether that's healing from past wounds or implementing new things so that you can reach your higher potential and have lasting joy in your life. Until next time, my friends. friends, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, chances are someone else would too. Would you take 30 seconds to share this with a friend who's looking for greater family fulfillment? 
And while you're sharing, tell me what you think about the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It refuels me when I hear this podcast is helping you, no matter what your house or your hair looks like. I'll meet you back here every Monday and Thursday morning for more episodes. Until then. <laughs>